Uh, we've been going through this series called, uh, or our, our year theme this year is called Kingdom Vision. And it's really talking about trying to have us understand uh, what does it mean to be in God's kingdom and what does it mean to have us have the same kind of perspective uh, that, um, that Jesus has, uh, to really see that kind of world the way that he sees the world. Um, and uh, we looked at uh, what it meant to have the kingdom of God, then we looked at the vision, and now we're going through a series that talks about uh, that we are essentially his church. Uh, and we belong to him, and that we learn from him, and that we grow in him. Uh, and in particular, this we are his church idea is today we're going to look at this idea that we are spirit-powered. Um, and, okay, you guys, all right, so you guys know one of the big, big things I'm trying to emphasize here this year is that, uh, and I don't, I'm not sure I'm doing a good job because I'm saying I, we don't want to grow bigger, we want to grow deeper. Um, and I'm worried because we keep growing bigger, and I'm scared that we're not growing deeper. Um, um, not, that, not that I'm not happy that you guys are all here. I'm really happy. I think it's great. Um, okay, what I'm trying to say is you guys know as Christians, there, there can be this moment when you just like, oh, I'm just used to doing it. This is how I've done it. This is my, my walk with you. And then that's great. That's good. But then there's this other part of you which knows, actually, there must be more to following Jesus than, than just going through the routine and just coming to church on Sunday. There, there needs to be this life that transforms us, that, that, that pushes us forward in some sort of way. For us, it's trying to understand if we know that Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit, and, and this whole communion thing, knowing that his life has made us holy, that we are now cleansed by him, and that he breathes his spirit into us, then we have to say, well, well where is this power and life of God? Because to be spirit-powered means that actually the power and life and presence of God dwells with us. No, no, no. It's, it's more than not just dwells with us. dwells in us. We are the temple of the living God. Like we looked at a couple years ago, when the, when the spirit comes in the tabernacle and it fills that space— for us, is that same picture. The Spirit of God comes and fills our life. You know, that, that curtain is torn because now the Spirit has this freedom to come into who we are. If the power and presence and life of God is in us, then things should be different, right? Like, like we would have to see things differently. Um, so Acts, Acts 1a actually says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And, and this, is a, this is a common verse if you've read about, uh, if you've been in church for any period of time. Um, and a lot of times they like to talk about, oh, the power of the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. and come up here, I'm going to wave my hand, you're going to fall down. It's going to be great stuff. Power, awesome, this kind of stuff. But there's, there's something I really want to draw on this. It's, it's saying two things, actually, right? The two things is saying, you will receive power. In other words... You, you will, like, it's not going to be like the power is not going to be that. You will receive power. You know, like, it is, it is a given. All right, now, we just stop there for a second. Now, if God just said you will receive power, and you guys are saying, oh, really? Oh, okay, I guess I got the power. Oh, I didn't notice. Um, right, you can't, I mean, in your life, can you tell that you have the power? That's the first part, right? But the second part is, right, and you, you will be my witnesses. You, you will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. Like, they're, they're, they're two, two in one, right? It's like the, the, the coffee from Malaysia, or that's three in one. But it's like, it's combined, right? You will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. Now, if, what it means is that if you're neither being his witnesses, then you won't also will not know his power. Um, 
they're very hand in hand. In fact, the power of the Holy Spirit's work in your life is very much so the gospel of Jesus Christ can be known, can be experienced, can be understood. You, you can't just take the power of the Holy Spirit just for yourself. It's not like that. In fact, there's a scene where this guy, uh, Simon the Sorcerer, is like, he sees the disciples saying and praying for people, and he's praying, they're praying, for the, he's praying for people, and they're like receiving the Holy Spirit. And then Simon the Sorcerer, oh man, I want that power too. How much, can, uh, I got some money. How much can you give me? To, and they're like, you know, uh, like it's basically, you're cursed because you better hope God doesn't get mad at you for doing that because that's the wrong way to look at it. You cannot buy this power for yourself. This power needs to be understood that it needs to be tied in so closely with the good news of being witnesses. It is the power to demonstrate the reality of the good news of Jesus Christ. Like the Holy Spirit's dwelling in us, although it does amazing and powerful things in our life, the purpose of that, the purpose of all the good things it does, is so that people might know the good news of who Jesus is. If we as Christians are saying, okay, God, you know, I, 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 I want the power of you in my life, or I'm not, I'm not experiencing this life, so much of it is tied into the fact that we are not living by faith, that there's no moments in our life where we're really asking for God for something amazing to happen so that these people will believe, so that they will know. It, what it means is that we are not hungry enough for the lost souls around us. Or we do not believe that good is God, God is good enough for those people. See, the, the, the truth of this is that this is all about the good news of Jesus Christ. And there's two things I, I need you guys to understand today. The first is the good news of Jesus Christ is better than you think. Like the good news of Jesus Christ is so good that there are parts of your life which you do not yet understand how good that news is. Like, the, like he's, I mean, when they talk about him being the living hope or, or the king of kings or, or the provider or the healer, like those are, those are all things in reality. Like when you experience that good news, do you know what happens, right? You, you testify more. You tell people, oh my gosh, God is so good. He's done this to me. And you, you will just proclaim it because you've had this, this miracle in your own life. When you experience that yourself, you begin to be like, I, I, wanna, I want people to also have the miraculous or the supernatural amazing things happen to them. And I'm not just talking about this, about healing or like, like, I don't know, frogs falling from the sky. We're talking about like the things that, that matter in your life. Like, like suddenly when you're like, actually, you know what? Uh, I, I had this courage to face a situation that I didn't know I could. Or actually, I, I've been able to forgive my, my family members for what they've done. And I found great healing in that. You know, that is supernatural as well. And we're going to see that a little bit more. So Acts 2, and, we're, and we're, I'm looking at a little bit in Acts, and we're going to look a little bit in the beginning, and then we're going to jump to one particular incident. Um, in Acts 2, and this is talking about Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Now, um, I don't know if you know, Pentecost is uh, this idea that's 50 days after Passover. Uh, that's where the word Pentecost comes from. Penta is not actually, Pentecost is not actually... For Christians, we all think of it as like, oh, that's the day the Holy Spirit arrived. Do you actually know what Pentecost is? It's actually a Jewish festival. Uh, thank you very much. Do you know what this Jewish festival is called? I bet the guy behind you does. Uh, Rosh Hashanah is part of it. It's part of the festival of uh, weeks, uh, which was a harvest festival. The day itself is Shav- Shavuot, is um, the actual name, which they called it for the day of Pentecost. And Shavuot, okay, by the way, this is how cool, this is how totally amazing and cool God is. Okay, so it, it's happening during this festival of wheat, right, which is a harvest, 
which is kind of like, this is where we get our, our bodily, earthly food. In this, there is this day called Shabbat, which they remember when they were received the Torah on Mount Sinai. So that was the day the word of God was given to their commands was given to them, and that was given to their life. And then we also know in Ezekiel, he says, I will no longer write the words on stone. I will write it on their hearts. And they will know that I am their God and I will be their Lord. And then the Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost and dwells with his people and writes the laws of God on our own hearts so that we obey him. And you have this spew. Oh, such... You couldn't, I mean, I wish I could write a book this good. But, like, this is, like, so beautiful, right? There's so many layers. He starts by, like, you think you need food to nourish you. Then you think you need the law to nourish you. And actually what I've given you is the spirit, which gives you life, right? It gives you power. And so for this, the, the reason, like, there's all these people hanging around here is because during this festival, uh, all, all these uh, devout Jews were there in Jerusalem already. And so we know after this, they all start speaking in different languages. And everyone's like, oh, what's going on after, after all this? Now, we always look at that first miracle like, wow, all these people were be able to, they could all speak in different languages. Wow, what a powerful moving of the Holy Spirit. We can see that. Do you know what was even more amazing? Was afterwards, Peter preached a sermon. Like, and he preached a really, really good one because like 3,000 people were baptized that day. Now, if you know Peter, his backstory, he was, he was very good at talking quickly, not very good at following up or saying what was right. Uh, in fact, the previous message that he gives in Acts 1, it was this. All right, guys, we gotta we gotta replace Judas. So uh, we're gonna cast lots, and uh, we're gonna gamble to see because God will speak to us through. I mean, this was this is the previous. I mean, he's doing the thing. I'm gonna be a leader. I'm gonna tell. We gotta make some decisions. We gotta make some rules. They set some things out. I only know how to do it the old way. So we're gonna cast lots. And after this, the Holy Spirit comes in. Like they never cast lots again. But um, like this was just the previous thing. Then this happens. All these people start speaking different languages. All the people around them start hearing things in their own language. And they're like, what is going on? And then Peter stands up and he gives this message. And this message draws from the Old Testament. It helps to understand things. He he quotes from Joel and and we'll look at that. He goes, uh, and in the last day it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And young men shall see visions. And old men shall dream dreams. Like this is... Like, how does he, where does he get this? Like, I mean, it is the power of God in his life to proclaim a powerful message of both where the Holy Spirit comes from. And he's drawing from the scripture. He doesn't, he doesn't like Google search and say, I'm going to search Bible Gateway. Well, how many times does the Spirit show up? Okay, it shows up here. So maybe this is a, like, the Lord is so powerfully with him that not only does he present this message and he pushes it so far, like, this is who Jesus is. That people come and they turn. What I'm trying to say is the power of the Holy Spirit moves so that the good news can be proclaimed. Okay? It is not for our own kind of benefit. But if we want to see the power of God at work in our lives, we have to yearn and be hungry to see the good news alive in people's lives. Do you understand? When you really care about people and you really want them to know Jesus— like, you're really starting to yearn for them. Your, your prayers change because you're starting to ask for something that you didn't know what was possible. Now, a very common circumstance of this is uh, you're dating someone, 
And uh, you decided to date this person who's not a Christian, and you're a Christian. And at first you thought, oh, it's fine, it's okay, no problem. And you start going out, and it's like, fine. And then suddenly you realize, oh, I can't, I felt, I feel, I, we have a lot of conflict because I want them to come to church, or they're mad that I don't come to church, and I can't pray with them, I don't know what to do, but I really want them to know. And then, of course, you speak to your leaders, and they're like, well, I told you from the beginning. And then they're like, oh, Bert, what? Oh, no, it's not Bert, just like a general person, you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, what, what, what do I do now? What do I do now? And, um, and, and what's funny is whether it's their significant other or it's their parents, there is this type of prayer where they're, they're yearning. They're, God, really, we really want them to know. Do you understand? As we begin to pray and understand this way, you're saying, God, will you do something so miraculous that they will know the good news is real? It is really asking the power of the Holy Spirit to demonstrate how good God is. Now, it doesn't guarantee they're going to turn because it's still going to be their choices. But for us as Christians, when we're so hungry for Jesus to be known, when we're so desperate for Jesus to be known, you begin to have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit because you understand that it cannot just be by our own reasoning and our own goodwill or our own good ideas. There needs to be something more. This passage, as, as um, Peter starts preaching, he's like, and in the last days, um, uh, it shall be as God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. He, he, he's saying, look, when the Holy Spirit comes, when you understand the power of Jesus in your own life, when the, the living spirit of God is upon you, it, it's not just going to be for the smart or the tall, or the male, or the female, or the young, or the old. Like, it is going to be for everyone. Uh, Which means it includes us. Okay, I know maybe some of us have uh, slightly more slanty eyes than uh, other people, but uh, for the most part, it is saying, look, this this idea is that the Holy Spirit's going to come onto everyone. And as the book of Acts unfolds, you see how they begin to wrestle with this. Because at first they're like, yeah, all the Jewish people, and suddenly like all these non-Jewish people got it, and they're like, well, these guys got the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? And and it, it almost harkens back to this thing, yeah, oh, everyone's going to get it, everyone who believes. And there's nothing that should hinder us from that. We, we're not second-class Christians because of our race. We're not second-class Christians because of our, our background. The, the hunger and desire for God and, and the belief, the greater belief of how much our God can do needs to be put into our hearts so we really start saying, actually, God, there is no limit to you. You know, like, as we praise him more, as we start saying, God, actually, you are so good. You are so great. You're, you're so mighty. I know without a doubt that you can do these things, that you can open my parents' eyes to see, that you can heal these people. Like, People think it's crazy that I'm trying to pray for President Xi, you know, the ruler of China, to believe in Jesus. I don't know about you, but isn't that how we should be praying? Like, God really opened his eyes. It took me a long time to start praying for Donald Trump to actually know Jesus. You're like, exactly, you laugh because, like, it's impossible. You know what's impossible? It's impossible that I'm a Christian. There is by no means that I should deserve to have the love of God in my life. It is by his grace alone. And I don't want anyone to be denied that grace. And when you begin to to dwell on that, when you begin to understand, like, everyone needs God. You start saying, God, I, I do not have the power within myself to do that. But I believe that you have the power to do that. 
And I want to be used by you in whatever way possible to see that power unfolded. The way this sermon goes on by, by Peter at the end, it's like, and then they heard this and they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Okay, Peter, he, he, did, a good, he did give a good sermon. I, I got to give him props for that. That's like his first real sermon he's given. He's done really well, really well. I, I think if I really wanted to sit down and analyze it, I think there are some other things he could have done better. Maybe he had a stronger illustration at the end, or maybe if he kind of had a better landing. It's fine. It was okay. It, actually, it doesn't matter, right? Because the Holy Spirit does the work here. When they were cut to the heart, it's not because Peter speaks well. They're cut to the heart because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You understand, again, right? The, the Holy Spirit's power gave Peter the strength to speak. Well, it, it, it actually moved him to speak. The power of the Holy Spirit helped him understand scriptures that I'm sure he didn't understand so deeply because the Holy Spirit just arrived, and yet he was able to understand that. The Holy Spirit then does all the other work by cutting people to the heart where they're like, oh my goodness, it makes sense now. What should we do? Like, this is two parts again. So for yourself, look, if there are parts in your life where you're like, actually, Bert, you know, in in my life, you know, I I struggle with this. I'm not good at this. Or or my family's like this. Or my situation's like this. And and I, I I can't see where you are, God. I can't see how I can get out of this situation. I can't see how anything could be made. You, you stop and you say, God, please, Jesus, I know you are the good news. Show, show me, because in my heart, I still hold on to all this hate or all this pride or all this anger or all this jealousy. And, and I need that cut out. And then you, you would be like, repent. You'll, you'll have it cut to your heart. And then you'll say, what should I do? What should I do? For the people around us who don't know Jesus, you're praying, God, will, you, will, you, will your spirit cut to the heart of the people around us? Our, being in ministry for over 20 years, I, I, I'm getting pretty good at reading situations, reading people and trying to figure out. And it's bad because sometimes uh, someone will come to me and they'll tell me their story or like what's going on and I'll like jump like to the end of their story already because I'll think like, well, I know where you are and what's going to happen. I can pretty much predict how this is going to unfold because I've seen this like a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, really, those exams are really bad. Okay, um, and you're like, you're, like jumping, you're like jumping ahead and you're like, you're doing accountancy. You don't even know what exams are yet. Okay, and then you're like coming down and like I will jump to the end because I mean, I'll, like, I'll know, I'll know and I'll like be like, well, and then the, the, the prideful part of me will be like, well, you just got to do this and that'll be fine and then we'll sign you off like that. There's one seven-minute NHSGP guide done. I'll send them out the window. I might do that. I might be right, but it doesn't cut to the heart. So you're really asking God to cut to the heart. And I think I'll, I'll share this. I told the students of the story, but um, I asked my friend once, um, who's now like my, my wife's best friend. I asked, her, I asked her once after a talk. I said, oh, how, how, was, how was my message today? You know, we're doing this whole weekend. How was my message? She said, oh, Bert, you know, you're always good. And sometimes you're anointed. Today you are good. And, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I was like, oh, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Um, no doubt. Um, so there's this, there's this thing where you understand the anointing of God, right? And we know that that's the spirit. When we're really yearning for God's spirit to be at work, you start realizing it's not, it's not about me. I, I should be faithful. But God, I am so desperate for you to cut to the heart of the people around me and cut to the heart of my own life. You know, do you, do you realize how proud 
or how selfish or how blind we are, how much we think we know so much about the Bible already that we don't let God actually cut us to the heart. And then, and then we go through life and we're like, oh, this is bad. I don't know why these things aren't working. And everyone wants to slap him in the face. It's because you don't do this. And it really, it's really saying, God, can you cut me to the heart? Cut to what I need to know so that I will ask you what can be changed. Like, the good, again, the good news of Jesus Christ isn't you just hear it once and that's it. The good news of Jesus Christ continues to be revealed on how much better he is than you realize. You're not just left here to struggle in your marriages and raising your kids or your families. It's really saying, God, cut me to my heart so I know actually how to be a better parent, a better friend. You're not destined to be the same way you've always been. Because God's good news is saying, no, I am now, give me the freedom and the access to transform you. Because the power of God dwells in you. Do you understand? It is the living spirit of God Almighty. And we prevent him from working in our life by saying, well, I don't think I need it. Or, yeah, yeah, I don't think, this doesn't really concern you, God. This is, I've been this way forever. Parents, you guys know what this is like, right? You, you see your kid, and you're always trying to tell them, oh, you should really be like this. You should really try to work harder. You should really try to work harder. And the kid just looks and says, oh, I can't. I'm not good at it. And he's like, you're not good at it because you don't practice. If you practice like 100 hours a day, you'd be an amazing pianist. And you're like, no, I'm just not that person. As parents, you're like, oh, so frustrated because you know, actually you could be good. Although actually half the time the kids are right. They're not really going to be full concert musicians, parents. But yeah, adjust your uh, uh, expectations sometimes. But there's a sense of God really trying to say, <laughs> he's trying to tell you that he is God Almighty. He can do things in your life. And he, and he wants to, so that you know the good news more. Because what happens after you know that good news more in your life, then you go and say, oh my gosh, I used to be like this. But by the grace and power of God, I've changed. And I want to pray for you so that God can do the same thing in your life because I couldn't do this by myself. And so I, I want so desperately for you to also know how good God is. You know, when the, the BLI team go out, you know why the, they can see miracles happen? is because they are so active also in trying to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And the miracles that we need to see here, maybe not healing because the NHS can help us with that. But there are so many other issues and so many other breakthroughs that need the power of God. And yet we don't believe he can do it. And we don't pray for one another. And we don't pray for him. And we don't say, cut our heart. So that we can hear, so we can say, what do we need to do? Because then when they're asked, when these guys ask, what, what do we need to do? Because we don't know. And then he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. Again, Peter is like, ridiculous. Like, how does he say this phrase? Like, no one's ever said this to him before. This is the first time he's saying this out loud. And he, like, knows without a doubt, you know, if you repent and you're baptized in the name of Jesus... For the forgiveness, you also receive the Holy Spirit. He got that from his very quick exposition of Joel. I mean, like, that's how awesome it was. And this is really, again, the Holy Spirit giving him this perfect concluding point. And afterwards, people who are cut to the heart respond immediately. 3,000 3, people got baptized that day. Can you imagine the queue? All right. Uh, I mean, if it was me, I mean, like, you're lining up to go to the Pokemon store in London. I mean, at some point, I'm going to give up, right? Um, I don't want to see that badly. These people, 3,000, like, that would take a whole day. It's amazing. 
For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone the Lord our God calls to himself. Like, if I were to summarize, you know, if what do we need to do? It is come near to God. You and all around you, near or far, turn from your past and receive your future. That, that is what it's saying. Repent and be baptized. Turn from your old ways. Come near to God, and he will give you the spirit. And that's for your future. That is your life. Turn from your past. Christian, are Christian people who think, you know, like this is it. Oh, I'm fine. Oh, it's going on. It's all right. You, you do not know how limitless God is. Like, you, you, can't, you can't get bored with him. Like, there's no way you should be bored with him. Like, if your mind is bored with him, I mean, there's so much to read. If your heart is bored with him, there's so much more to love. And, and, and we, don't, we don't know because we're, we're so used to just being this way. And it starts saying, actually, God, no, no, actually, when you come to the heart, I want, I want to come near to you. I want to be one of those people that loves the Bible. I want to be like Edwina and wake up at 5 a.m. to read the Bible. She doesn't do that just because she has to. She does it because she loves God. Why does she love God? Because the good news of who Jesus is touched her deeper than it touches us. And if you're struggling, if you're like, oh, I don't know what to do in my career, I don't know what to do in my life, then you do, you're not seeing how good God is. And when the Bible talks about Jesus, and you're like, there's no fear. There's no doubt, right? Jesus is so clear. There's this love that emanates, this ability to talk to people. There's this transformation that happens in, in Peter's life. Like the same thing for us. It's not like we look back and say, oh, well, I'm not Peter. Well, thank goodness. Peter was a real, I mean, he was more of a mess than us. Like the Corinthian church was a mess. And, and there's this whole thing like God is saying, you have to see that the power of the Holy Spirit opens a future for you that you can begin to live now for the good news of Jesus Christ. Come closer to him than you ever thought was possible. Now, this is a problem for a lot of us, actually, okay? So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and be uh, racially uh, biased here. Um, excuse me. But uh, for Chinese people, okay, to be honest, we're not really good with um, uh, intimacy or communication or things like hugs, okay? Like, these are not our strong, our strong points. We're good with food, demonstrating love via food, um, feeding people and then saying they're fat. I think those are our skill sets. I think as Chinese people, we are living in a contradictory kind of environment. We want to feed them, but we don't want them to eat. But we want them to eat, otherwise we're offended. Okay, it's very difficult. Um, and uh, because of that, we don't know what it means to come close to God. I'll give, you a, I'll give you a tip. If you don't know how to come close to God, you can actually ask him. You can actually, actually, God, I don't really know how to come close to you. I've never been close to anyone. I, I struggle. I don't, I don't know what it means to open up to anyone. And then you just say, actually, God, that's my problem. I don't, I don't actually know what it means to be a friend or to have a friend or to be intimate or to, to know that kind of love. Can you let your good news show me? Because, because it, it would take a miracle, right? It takes a miracle for you to understand that. Like, that's a miracle. It's the miracle that happened to me. That was my family's testimony, which I'm not going to share now for interest of time. But I'll probably share it this evening because evening service is better. Okay. Um, I got to say that because this service is too crowded. Okay. So right, I, every week I get more nervous and I have to say, God, show me the good news that this is going to be okay. Um, Acts 2 uh, goes on. 
then they devoted themselves. Okay, by the way, so this passage is what happens straight after, right? So all these people are baptized, and then it comes to this verse. And a lot of people like to look at this verse and say, why isn't our church like that? This should be the perfect model of a church. We should all be here together. We should all share everything like that. Okay, fine. Go ahead. You can believe what you want. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, and to breaking of the bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe with the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and had possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord adds to their number daily those who were being saved. We read this list and we're like, oh, that's what we need to do. If we do all those things, then we'll be a good church. You got it all mixed up. This is not about making a good church. This is about the power of the Holy Spirit doing ridiculously amazing things in people's lives. They do these things because the Holy Spirit so powerfully on them was like, this is how we incubate a church. This is how it begins. The church is spirit power, and it just begins to unpack and unfold. And it's delicious. It's fantastic. It's marvelous. And it just overflows out. And you see here, when you let the Holy Spirit say, God, actually, really, show me the good news. You begin to give. You grow in generosity. You grow in love. And from this, you have this whole life flow out. And what happens? The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Like that whole thing being saved. It is this. We are his spirit-powered church. And it is the power of the Holy Spirit that transforms us. Like it changes us. Very quickly, I'm going to jump to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14 says this, and there's three different versions. I want to bring them all out just to show you. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them. To, this is now in Lystra, and they've gone someplace. Paul and Barnabas, Paul has an amazing conversion. Um, and, they're, and they're speaking, and as they're speaking, they're speaking boldly for the Lord. And then God says, yup, I will prove it by these signs and wonders, right? But the apostles stayed there a long time preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord and the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do more signs and wonders. So they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. The Holy Spirit's working because it's trying to affirm the message of the grace of God. Not, not just for our own sake. It is really God... Do these things so that people will know more and more about the grace of who you are. Again, it is the power to demonstrate the reality of the good news of Jesus Christ. God wants so much for you to know first how great that good news is. Because as you do that, you will have more power by the Holy Spirit to not only move forward, but to declare and pray over people so that they can understand that good news as well. When you, when you look, you got to look around at the people around you. You have to know what's going on. You have to know what the hurt is. You have to know what's like, and so you'd be ready to pray, to say, God, will you do this miraculous stuff? Because right after that, in, in, in Acts chapter 2, it starts saying, In Lystra there was a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Um, Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk like this is about this man who couldn't walk and as peter's speaking and he's preaching um uh, by the way this is lyster the first one was uh ionian uh this is um he says peter looks and says i he sees that this person has faith 
faith, faith in what? Faith in Paul's, uh, Paul's preaching? Faith in his own ability? I, actually, I don't even know if he has faith that, that he's going to stand up and walk. But he must because he gets up, right? What he has faith in is that this Jesus that's being talked about is, is beyond good, is amazing, is fantastic. And can do things that are unbelievable. And so when Paul says, stand up and walk, like the, I, you imagine this man doesn't have like, doesn't, doesn't sit down and have a debate. No, it's, that's all right. I'm, I'm okay. I'm cool. I'm cool. 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 He, he, right, he, he gets up. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. It's like, can you imagine? And, and two things are happening right here. As, as the spirit is helping Paul preach, the spirit is prompting in this man because as this man has more faith, it's like, this is cutting me to the heart. That when he does that, he's like, yeah, I'm getting up. Because nothing can stop this God. And he jumps up, and it is the spirit that does the healing, but it's at, it's at work in all different areas. For us, it's the same thing, actually. For a lot of us, we are crippled or lame or stuck in a space, in our thinking, in our attitude. Maybe it's because this is what it was like for us growing up, and that's affected us. Maybe it's because we're going through some trauma now. But for us, we have to say, God, actually, have I heard the good news of who you are in every part of my life? I need to hear that good news. A spirit-powered church begins with you receiving the good news. Like you've really got to say, actually, God, let me hear it deep in my heart. The follow-on then begins talking about and sharing and telling people this is what happened. It is not by my power. It is by God's grace. And I want you to know, and I want to pray for you as well, because people really need this good news. And if you don't know what the good news is, then you have nothing to tell. And that's our problem, isn't it? We have nothing to tell. You think the good news is just saying that Jesus Christ died on the cross. That is the truth. It becomes good news when it becomes real for how that reality of that truth impacts your life. A spirit-powered church testifies the good news by believing the good news and that there is no limit to God's power. As we come to a time of worship... What I really want to say is stand up and walk. And then the questions I want to leave you guys with, and this is really kind of the questions that I want you guys to, to reflect on and consider as we're worshiping. The first one, what areas are you currently crippled? Like, do you struggle to relate to people emotionally? Do you have fear in your life? Do you have doubt? What we're asking is, God, your, your Holy Spirit's power, can it speak that good news to my life? Where is it in your life is it hard to see the good news? And the other part is who around you is broken and needs help? Really begin to pray and say, God, really let your miraculous life be seen in this person because I want them so much to know that you, Jesus, really are the king. There's no one that compares to you. Just overflowing with this belief that actually our God, our God is better than you realize. I like really much, much better than you realize. That's why we can pray for everyone and anything and ask for the impossible because it's not by our power, it's by God. 
and we are hungry for that transformation. I tell you this because I want us to go deeper. And you'll only go deeper if you actually start listening to the good news and living and believing it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just pray for your spirits moving among us now. Lord, I know that you have the power to cut to people's hearts to see where they are actually wounded, where they need to hear your spirit. So, Lord, as we are worshiping, as we are in your presence now, Lord, if there are things that are holding people back, if there are areas in their life where they are struggling or they're feeling crippled, where they can't hear the good news, Lord, will you speak to them and will you, Jesus, show them what it means that you are the way and the truth and the life? Lord, will we begin to minister to one another in the name of Jesus, to pray for one another, to pray and pray and pray and believe, actually, God, that there is no, indeed, no limit to your goodness. Will you tear our walls down? We open our hearts and minds to see greater and greater how good you are. That though we have heard and received the truth of Jesus Christ, let us now experience to see how good it really is. Let's come and worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.